Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning. What an incredible day this is. It's the Sunday right after Christmas, and I mean right after. Was it fun? Have you had a good time? Maybe you're actually getting together with family and friends today, but thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to spend with the church family online. We're all online today, and I feel so humbled that we can unite together on this last Sunday of the old year, getting ready for the new. Hasn't this been a great journey together? I mean, think about it. We've talked about getting ready for Christmas to come. We've, we've talked about our Yuletude. It's still one of my favorites. We've talked about uh, Joseph and, and what it means to believe. We talked about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, there's just been one beautiful story after another. And what's tied it all together is this theme, Christmas at the movies. I hope you've been digging in. I hope you have enjoyed your Christmas movies. In fact, that's what's on the docket for Kay and I later today. After church and worshiping together with you online, we're going to watch a couple of old Christmas movies. But where do we go today? What are we going to talk about as we just have a few days left in 2021? I think we have the perfect story. In fact, I was thinking about uh, Christmas is really a launching pad. This whole season is a time of preparation to get us ready for a new year. Now, I know by January 1, you're exhausted, and the first thing you need is a nap. I get it. I do too. But Christmas is this beautiful time to remind us that God is with us. There are days I think it would be fun to have a crystal ball, right? What about you? Do you see it in my hand? There it is. I'm going to look ahead at this new year. The more I think about it, though, I realize if I had a crystal ball, I might not like some of the things that I would see. And if I saw some events unfold, I might begin to believe that I don't need a partnership with Jesus. I don't need to pray. I don't need to seek God because I already know what's going to happen. We've come to one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's a wonderful life. Have you seen it? I hope so. The incredible black and white edition of this movie that I have been watching since I was a kid has always sparked an incredible interest in me. In fact, did you know that it was Jimmy Stewart's favorite movie of all 80-some movies he made as an actor? 
And there is a great storyline, if you haven't seen it, where old man Potter has decided to take the money, $8,000 worth, that Uncle Billy had left when he was supposed to be doing the deposit for the savings alone. Uh, he was so excited because his nephew, George's brother, was coming home for a big celebration. He was a war hero. But he left the $8,000 in Potter's bank on the, on the table as he was preparing to make the deposit. Potter realized it, and he took it. Then he called the bank auditors, and they, he, he was ready to ruin the savings and loan. Oh, by the way, sorry, spoiler. Uh, uh, I already told you what was going on. But here's the, the scene that I believe connects all of the dots for us today. George feels completely responsible for everything and everybody. And on Christmas Eve, he begins to wonder what will happen to him next. He goes into a bar, he sits down, and he prays. He prays a prayer. In fact, I hope you'll get time to actually see this clip. Go watch the movie with your family. But pay attention to these words, because here's what Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey prays. Dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, oh God. All of a sudden, a man shows up who had been the teacher of one of his daughters. George had chewed him out on the phone. And of all things, this man walked into the same bar, knew that this was George Bailey, hauled off and punched his lights out. When they pick George up off the floor, he says, that's what I get for praying. Can we stop for just a moment? Before this new year begins, can we really dig deep and understand that Christmas is a time to prepare us to see tomorrow today? Christmas is a time to prepare us to see tomorrow today. You may feel like George Bailey. 2021 may have been a big sucker punch to you. It may have been that you're thinking, God hasn't listened to one prayer I pray, but do you mind if I lean in and say, I don't think that's true at all. God is listening. God is wanting partnership. And please hear me. I'm pleading with you. Don't give up. In fact, I hope that this message today helps us prepare for the new year. I actually want to help us understand how do we, in the midst of our greatest struggles, see tomorrow today. And the beautiful story that we're going to look at is a story you don't think about really at Christmas. It's when Jesus was a 12-year-old boy and he was found in the temple with the teachers of the law. 
There are four words. I know I've only been doing three, but there are four words today that I want you to focus on. It will frame the story for us and help us to see tomorrow today. Here are the four words. They are pursue, recognize, accept, and yield. Would you try to say those with me? Pursue, then recognize, accept, and yield. Now, can I just give you my own spoiler alert? Those four letters spell the word pray. Pursue, then recognize, accept, and yield. If we're going to see tomorrow today, we can't give up on prayer. We have to lean into prayer and the perfect story is Jesus being in the temple at 12. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2 and look at verses 41 through 52. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Let's dig in. Let's look at our, our first word, pursue. Pursue Jesus and see tomorrow today. Now, just get the background here. Adults were supposed to, committed Jewish adults, were asked to be present at three major festivals, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Most people couldn't make all of the festivals because of family obligations or distance from Jerusalem. But on this occasion, we see that Mary, Joseph, and Jesus must have gone with family and friends to this Passover celebration. Now, what's important is that a 12-year-old boy would have uh, entered puberty, which, remembering that Jesus is totally human and totally divine, this would have been an exciting birthday and a, a, an exciting year for him because Jesus is now going to be considered a son of the covenant. He's making this transition into manhood. 
Now, as they were there, it must have been a great, great celebration. But once Passover had ended, it was time to go home. It was very common for the women to begin early and to start out because of all the children in tow and the discussion that they would have mile after mile as they shared together and helped one another. The men, oh yeah, let's talk about the men. They were in the back. They would have been quite a ways away. They would have been talking about the politics of the day, what had happened in the, in, in the Passover celebration, and they would have probably had the older boys with them. Do you see the dilemma? Mary thought Jesus was with Joseph. Joseph thought Jesus was with Mary. And some things never change over time. There are days that parents are not on the same page. And Jesus isn't with either one of them. And that leads us to this very first, can we call it a mile marker? The first mile marker that will illuminate our path is this. We must pursue Jesus and see tomorrow, today. Think about Mary and Joseph. We're told it took three days. A day of being unaware Jesus wasn't with his family. A day of searching. And then on the third day, they went to the temple and found Jesus. They were frantic. I know what frantic feels like. I was in the gap one time when Mary was just a little girl. Kay had entrusted her care to me. She said, now, are you going to watch Mary? I'm like, of course I'm going to watch Mary. All of a sudden, I turned around. Mary wasn't with me. And so I began saying, Mary, Mary, I didn't see her at all. Oddly enough, the, the young woman behind the counter said, is that you, Pastor Drew? She had only been to church one time, but she said, I would recognize that voice anywhere. It actually made me more frustrated because I'm thinking, Mary knows this voice and I don't see her. Then I got my stern dad voice and I said, Mary Elizabeth Wilkerson. She popped out from underneath the rack. Daddy, I'm right here. I can't imagine how Mary and Joseph felt especially because they lost the Messiah. I mean, this is the Son of God. They're the earthly parents. But what you and I have to realize is that Mary and Joseph demonstrate something to us that we need to think about. This first mile marker. If we're going to see tomorrow today, we have to pursue Jesus at all cost. And often, most often, perhaps, we're not going to find Jesus by going to talk to family and friends. That's what Mary and Joseph did. They were frantic looking among their family and friends. Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Family and friends can be spiritual guides and sometimes helpers in our journey. But we've got to pursue Jesus. And then do you know that feeling like you've lost something and you begin to become so discouraged you don't want to search anymore? 
I'm sure that's how Mary and Joseph felt as well. And maybe that's how you feel this Christmas. You're coming to the end of the year, things haven't worked out the way that you wanted to. You may actually feel like you've lost touch with the Messiah, with the Savior King. But I want you to know, if you'll just lean in and pursue Jesus, do not give up. Whatever you're doing, this may be the only point that you need to hang on to this morning. Whatever is going on in your life, do not give up. Pursue Jesus and see tomorrow today. Here's the second mile marker. Uh, I, I enjoy this one because uh, of the dialogue between Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. The second mile marker that illuminates our path is this. Recognize, see Jesus tomorrow today. So what happens next? Well, not, uh, not only did they find Jesus at the temple, thank God, right? I mean, we found him. Um, I'm not sure how that prayer went. Thank God we found God. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, they found him in the temple, and here's what we're told. 12 years old. And people have actually began to gather because remember, it's been three days. For three days, can you imagine sitting with Jesus asking and answering questions? Some academic scholars literally believe they were so uh, overwhelmed with his genius, and of course it is Jesus, that he's interpreting scripture from the Old Testament and giving answers they had never even thought of. Everyone was in awe. Mary and Joseph burst in on this discussion day three. And the teachers of the law, I'm sure, don't want him to leave, but it's Mary, not Joseph, it's Mary, Mama Mary, who begins with this line. She says, son, why have you treated us like this? Why, why have you treated us like this? Literally, the word is dealt. It's, it's a frustration. Why have you dealt with your father and I in such a way? Mary is actually scolding Jesus. I love that about Mary. I love that. She is so comfortable with this boy. She scolds him. It was Mary and Joseph, though, that had lost track of their son. You can't blame Jesus. Jesus was doing what he was called to do, and he was being who he was called to be. Now, what I also think is interesting is Mary goes on and says, your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. There isn't anything spiritual about this. Here's what the word anxious means. Mary says to Jesus, you've caused us intense pain. We are sorrowful. We have had angu anguish and uh, turmoil. We are in distress. Boy, what were you thinking? Mm. Our second mile marker is illuminated. If we're going to see tomorrow today, we have to recognize who Jesus is. Jesus isn't just some 12-year-old boy. Jesus isn't just some uh, grandfather who, who grants wishes for his grandchildren. He's certainly not Santa Claus. 
Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the one that is called to empower us to have a personal relationship with God the Father. In fact, think of it this way. The struggle for Mary and Joseph at this time in Jesus' life was seeing Jesus more as their son than seeing Jesus as the Son of God. Who do you see Jesus as? Who is Jesus in your life? I, I hope he's your friend. I hope he's a confidant. But is he your Savior God? Is he king of your heart? Have you given him everything or are you just trying to befriend him on your terms? If we're going to use Christmas as a launching pad into the new year to see tomorrow today, church, we must decide right now before a new year begins that we are going to choose to recognize Jesus for who he is. And, and I get it. I understand what is going on. You know, Jesus hadn't begun his earthly ministry in this moment. So Mary and Joseph don't have the full impact of who he is. But realize this. We know. We're reading the word of God. Don't minimize who Jesus is as you approach the new year. He, he, he may make you uncomfortable. There may be some accountability. But there's always going to be love and grace if he is the Savior and Lord of all. We need to pursue him. We need to recognize him. Here's the third one. The third mile marker. Accept and see Jesus. Accept Jesus and see tomorrow today. I got a little tongue tied. Let's try it again. Accept Jesus and see tomorrow today. I think this was a moment of true clarity for Mary and Joseph. And here's why. I'm excited, actually, that Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph did not understand what Jesus was saying to them. Now, you may be thinking to me, why am I excited about that? Because I'm a human being. I sin and fall short of God's glory, and I don't always recognize who Jesus is, even though I should. I look at this with Mary and Joseph, and I realize something. Jesus, in his own way in this moment, is sharing that his identity is found in his unity with God the Father. He is totally human, but in this moment, Jesus is saying, I am totally divine. If we were to flip over to Matthew 16, 13 through 16, Fast forward when Jesus is now 30 or 31 years old. This passage of scripture is a direct reflection to what was taking place in the temple when Jesus was 12 and what Jesus was trying to help Mary and Joseph and all of us understand. Listen to it. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, why do people say, who, who do people say, the Son of Man is. They replied, 
Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Isn't there a part of us that, that, that we're a little, are we a little cocky maybe? Maybe a little arrogant? And we think about this and we go, wait a minute. Gabriel came and told Mary that as a virgin she would birth Jesus, the Messiah. Then there was angelic visitation. There was a uh, shepherd proclamation. And then there was the Magi confirmation. Come on, Mary and Joseph. You should get it by now. But they didn't understand. Why? They had not fully accepted that Jesus was not just God's son or their son. They had not fully accepted that he would be the Messiah. And even though they didn't realize the details... Throughout the Old Testament, we know that Jesus is referred to as the suffering servant. Jesus would die for our sins and come back to life, and he is alive today. God loves us enough to give us a choice to believe, just like Mary and Joseph. And can I tell you what's exciting? They didn't look at Joseph and say, stop talking to us in riddles. You're going to stay here, young man. You're in a timeout. They didn't do that. You know what they said? Let's go home. Let's go work it out. Hear me on this one, please. You got to pursue him. You have to recognize him. But when you accept Jesus, like family, you've got to work out the problems. You've got to work through them together. Man, I hope you're doing that with family. Maybe you've had some uh, issues or problems with family over the holidays. Work them out. Don't give up. Don't just walk away from people. Don't walk away from people that you love because you're arrogant or prideful or your feelings are hurt. Don't do it. Don't do it. Lean in like Mary and Joseph. Man, it took a lot of guts to take the Son of God home. When you knew that he was smarter and, and he was divine and he was God. But understand, we have to accept Jesus and it is a process of learning and growing and maturing. Which leads to the last mile marker and this is perfect. The last mile marker that illumines our path, illuminates our path is this. Yield to Jesus and see tomorrow today. Will you say it with me? Yield to Jesus and see tomorrow today. Jesus went home with them. But don't miss what Jesus had said. On one hand, he said, you should have known that I had to be about my father's business. There's that totally divine moment. I had to be about God, my Father's business. But can I show you what Luke said then? He went home with Mary and Joseph 
and was obedient to them. Does that mean Jesus wasn't perfect? Uh, Not at all. It means that this perfect son of God, this perfect 12-year-old boy, limited his power in the divine because he was totally human as well. And then, did you catch what happened? He grew in stature. He grew in wisdom. Now, what does that mean? It means that because Jesus had limited his power from on high, from heaven. Go over to Philippians chapter 2, where Jesus gave up his divine appearance as God. He was still totally God. But he limited power in order to take on our uh, wrapping called flesh. Totally human, totally divine. And Jesus went home and was obedient. And then Luke finishes by saying, and there was favor on Jesus. There was favor on his family. There was favor among all the people in his community. Why? Because Jesus chose to yield. And if we want to see tomorrow today, we need to yield to Jesus right now. Yield. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're doing, I have a favor to ask. Will you give it all to God and and say, this is yours. I'm going to try my best, Jesus, to take my hands off of it. I'm going to take my hands off my health. I'm going to take my hands off my relationships. I'm going to take my hands off my hurt. I'm going to give it all to you, and I'm going to yield and make room for your blessing and your favor. That's why I love the story about another George. George was in Dick Russell's men's Bible study. He wasn't a Christian. He hadn't given his heart and life to Jesus. But his wife encouraged him to go to the men's group at church. Oddly enough, he said yes. I I think it was to satisfy his wife. But he went. And he, he got to know Dick, who was the leader. And he got to know the men in his group. And he realized something, that even Christian men have problems that are difficult to handle. And one of the things that George loved the most was praying together. He loved their prayer time. And then one day he needed prayer because his son had been accidentally shot in the eye with a pellet gun. And it actually was a God moment because George called Dick and said, I I don't know what to do, can we pray? And Dick said, let's pray together about your son. When they took their son to the doctor, the surgeon, the retina had been damaged, but the surgeon said, I know this doesn't make any sense, but your son has two cataracts as well. They removed the cataracts, and they repaired the retina, fitted him with contacts, and his eyesight was better than it had ever been. It was an answer to prayer. Then, George kept going to the the men's group, but one day he called Dick again, and he was frantic. He said, Dick, it's not my son this time, it's my daughter. She's a teenage girl, and she's gotten caught up in the wrong crowd, and she's addicted to heroin. You have no idea, Dick, George said. 
what it's like to hold your daughter's arms behind her back as the police handcuff her because they have to arrest her. She's been so destructive, and they took her away. Dick said, let's pray for your daughter. They were harassed by the drug crowd that had surrounded the daughter. They were trying to move through this difficult season. But there was somebody in Dick's family, his mother-in-law, who had been such an encouragement to him. And he was talking to her, and she was a Christian woman, and she was a praying woman. But then all of a sudden, she had a heart attack. Can you imagine all this at once? The pellet gun, a daughter on heroin, and then the mother-in-law that he's so dependent on, she has a heart attack. He goes to the men's group. He, he just pours out his heart. And they all pray for him. But when he gets home, Dick does something, or, or uh, George does something that Dick had been trying to tell him to do all along. George realized it was time for him to pray. It was time for him to pursue Jesus. It was time for him to recognize Jesus. It was time for him to accept Jesus. It was time for him to yield to Jesus. He goes upstairs. George shuts the door. He gets on his knees and he begins to pray. And in that moment, everything just came out. All of the fears, the pride. He began to confess every sin he had ever committed he cried so loud that his wife who was downstairs fixing dinner she came up and stood beside the door and as her husband cried out to jesus she wept tears of joy because she heard these words jesus i yield my life to you save me and save my family, I believe. Amen. What about you? Christmas is over. It's a launching pad to see tomorrow today. Are you like either of the Georges? Are you like the George who's had so many things go wrong, you don't know what to do? I would encourage you to get on your knees and cry out to Jesus just even right now. Don't wait. Maybe you're like George Bailey, that you pray and you don't think the answer's coming, but it is if we will pray, if we will pursue, if we will recognize, if we will accept, and if we will yield to Jesus. And can I pray for you right now? Let's put our hands out. Father, the new year is just days away. We don't know what's in these next 12 months, but we give them to you now. Christmas has prepared us to come into your presence, not just as a baby in a manger, but as the Messiah, the Savior, who can transform and change our lives. Father, help us to pray. Pray more than ever before. May we pursue you. May we recognize who you are. May we decide to accept you even when it's difficult. And may we yield. We yield to you now, Jesus. We pray have your own way. 
And may this be the beginning to the greatest blessings, the answers to prayer that we've been seeking. And may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. It's been a great year with you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for supporting the ministry of Bridgewater Church. Thank you for all the help that you've given to us. And if we can do something for you, write it in the chat. If you've yielded to God, if you've asked Jesus to be your Savior, if you've recommitted your life, tell us that. Put it in the chat. Help us to know that. And remember, the new year is coming. Great things will be happening. The best is yet to come. And we love you. We're praying for you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.